0: Coming to you from Helping Our Music Evolve in Nashville, this is The Quinn Spin. Hey now! And welcome once again, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, one and all, to a brand new edition of The Quinn Spin. I'm your host, The Quinn. I am back here at Helping Our Music Evolve here on the east side of beautiful Music City, Nashville, Tennessee. And I'm ready for another great conversation here on the show today. You just heard Revel 9's All I've Become. That's been our opening theme song here at the Quinn Spin since the great year of 2014. All right. I am joined on the line right now by Katie Burke of KB and the Idol Wild. Very excited. We're doing this over Skype because given what's going on in the world right now with the coronavirus, we're all kind of cooped up inside right now. But, Katie, I appreciate you still making the time to join us here today on the Quinn Spin.
1: Yes, thank you so much for having me. It's great to be talking with you.
0: It's great to be talking with you as well. Very excited about the project you have out now. Very excited to learn more about you. And let's start that by having you answer three standard questions that I ask every guest of the show. Those being, who are you? What do you do? And why on earth would you want to come on the Quinn Spin?
1: Uh, Okay, Uh, well, so I'm Katie Burke of KB in the Wild, and a lot of other endless kind of things. Um, what do I do? I'm a I'm an artist, so I uh, write poetry and make music, and I'm an actor, kind of first before everything else. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm a storyteller. I guess you could sum it all up in that. I love stories and mm-hmm. telling them. Um, and why would I want to come on this show? Is because I saw a lot of dope people come through on your show and I was just like man I got I feel like the the way that you present people on your show and who you cover is are terrific people and and you covered terrific parts of their uh offerings and so like I was like I want to be a part of that for sure and so that's why that's
0: why I'm here. Well, thank you so much for the kind words. Very much appreciated. It's, it's always good to hear that we're doing good things. (laughs) So, uh, let's start from the beginning for you. Um, as far as people, places, experiences, of course, artists who have influenced you, who've inspired your creative journey along the way.
1: Yeah. Um, so I guess, uh, I don't have like a super crazy affinity for like chord progressions or like musicology, you know? Um, But I love people who make me feel normal because they're so, uh, they're so themselves. And so like, I loved Led Zeppelin because they were to me were doing things that I didn't hear before. And i love Jimi hendrix and i i can tell when someone i feel like can i swear
0: oh absolutely it's the internet it's the wild west
1: i can tell when people don't give a fuck and so (laughs) i just like i love that and that that's that resonates with me and it hits my truth fire and that's where i try to live is like god just just today just try to give no fucks and so classic rock really did that for me with its just like huge assertiveness and sexuality and the masculinity of it and then I love also Ani DeFranco showed me that you could be a poet and a singer um and so I grew up with that kind of like mix uh in the car you know in freshman year of high school um and Yeah, I I always wrote music for myself. I would just like write songs and I started channeling them because I was writing about stuff that I didn't know. Like my first song was about rape and I'd never experienced a sexual assault or anything like that. I actually honestly sat down to write a song for my friend's mom that I just went to her wake and I'd never seen a dead person before. And Certainly not one that I loved very much. And so I sat down to write a song about angels and write a song to her. And then this song about rape came through. And I was like, what is this? Like, what am I doing? And it just, but I didn't feel weird about it. I was just like, this is just a thing I do. I sit down and write things that aren't even my story necessarily, but they just kind of feel whatever wants to be said and i never had to show it to anybody i didn't even start showing my music to people until i was in new york and i got kicked out of grad school for acting i was getting my masters and then i got so sick on drugs and alcohol that they were like you're you're gonna lose your mind if you stay here we should we should kick you out
2: wow (laughs) wow
1: kind of continued to lose my mind but i started. I was writing papers for money, and so I was on the street of New York a lot, all by NYU library. Mm-hmm. Um, See, so I got through college okay enough by the skin of my teeth, and then going to grad school, my addiction just took over. So there was this homeless guy out one day, and he was playing music, and I was there, and he asked the guy that I was seeing who was sitting next to me for a cigarette, and he asked him if he played guitar, and he said uh, no, and I was like, we well, didn't ask me if I played guitar. And then he was like, oh, I'm sorry. And then I just played for, like, the first time in front of anyone mm-hmm. who was on the street.
0: Really? Wow. And
1: it was a wild, like, I was loud as fuck, and I just gave no fucks. And it was, I sang that song. That's, you know, I was 16 when I, or 14 when I wrote that song, and I was, like, 21 singing it on the streets of New York.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: that started my uh, adventure in music as a public kind of thing. And then I thought, I met my best friend, and he was my biggest proponent, and we just played music in the streets, you know, for
0: years. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned the, uh, the addiction to drugs and alcohol and you're sober now. Um, yeah. so, and yeah. that's, that's a big thing, you know, for you that you like to bring across. And I just want to give you a ch- chance to talk about what made you get sober and what you've been able to really do with the message of being sober.
1: Oh my God. So- sobriety it's just like a, it's like addiction. First of all, is such a superpower because it's so. It's great to have a really difficult addiction or like clear, uh, like life destruction addiction because then you can get help. <laughs> if you have like this kind of wishy-washy mentality, like oh, I might have a problem, I might not. Like that's got to be really a lot harder because then it's difficult to make a big life shift if it doesn't hurt enough. You know, it's got to get painful enough to change. Yes. And so I'm so lucky because I was face down in the shit. Um, And so, yeah, getting sober opened me up to my channel to, you know, be closer to life and to feel pain. I think a lot of it, I was just really afraid of pain or sadness Mm -hmm. and not fitting in, la, la, la. But it has totally transformed, like, you know... I'm two and a half years sober now and my first year sober I was still writing folk music and I'd said for years like I just want to write rock music but I didn't know how and then I got so angry one day at this job at this person that was totally fucking with me and I stood under this tree and I just couldn't stop playing this tune and like it just finally came out and it's called believer and it's like the first song rock song i ever released Mm -hmm. and then the band started and then that's when kb and the idle wild came to be was through holding my pain and then Mm -hmm. channeling it into something that was mine this was no one else's story but mine and um it was just really magical and so for me sobriety has like leveled up my Because I'm doing things, instead of living in the story of I can't do this, I can't do this, by holding, instead of distracting myself away from that, by holding the pain that that causes, it's like, I can fucking do this, we're doing this, it's happening, because I'm allowing for it, and I'm not watering it down, or or distracting myself with other stuff, my bandwidth has been increased, and so therefore my capability and ability Um, and equipment has changed and evolved.
0: Mm -hmm. And I think that's an important lesson too, because so many people you hear say, oh, well, you know, X band, Y band stopped being good when they stopped doing drugs. And that is not in my estimation, an accurate statement. You know, when people get clean, they have that clarity and they're able to go out and create the things that they've always wanted to create. And it sounds like for you, that's been what's occurred here.
1: Absolutely. You just become a superhero because not only can you field new creative energy, but you can field, uh, judgment about that energy. And so you're just better. I just feel better equipped to meet the world period. So that means that I can take risks musically that I never thought I could. Uh, and that I can also give no fucks once that risk is, uh, met by the world Mm -hmm. like it is totally has nothing to do with anybody in like such a visceral way that is more true now than ever and and truly like when people get sober there's this really confusing middle you know i didn't i didn't get sober and then like write amazing shit it was like it took a lot of pain a lot of shit songs and a lot of confusion about what is my voice even like now i don't mean physically, though my voice obviously got better without alcohol and smoking and drugs. But like, what where, what do I stand for now? Like, it's like having this clean slate. You don't even, you get to rediscover yourself. You get to get rebirthed and live a completely different way. And so you create in a completely different way. And so honestly, you know, your first set of songs when you get sober might totally suck because you're still in the cocoon, but you just got to keep melting And then you'll bust out and you'll be this ridiculous butterfly on fire and take over the world, you know? Mm
0: -hmm. I think that early phase of recovering from addiction is the scariest part for most people, you know, not just artists, but in general, because there comes, you know, a point in all of that early on where you have to face everything, you know, you have to face all your pain, you have to own it. And there's no hiding behind this substance, whatever it was, there's no hiding behind this addiction to kind of mask that for yourself.
1: Yes. It's so, it's so, what I'm learning is that it's impersonal. Like all this pain doesn't have to be mine and it doesn't have to be like my sadness, my anger. And It's just not personal. It's just stuff that needs space to unfurl itself. Like you could do no, I have a, a theory that you could do no therapy. You could have no meetings, but if you just stopped using a substance to uh every time like if you stayed present instead of leaving every time you wanted to you would naturally there's some knot in you that would naturally untie itself Mm -hmm. so that mixed with community which i have which is a buddhist-based recovery program um that was way more helpful to me than the 12-step aa was just for me Mm -hmm. um so mixed with therapy, mixed with community, mixed with support systems, all that together, I mean, you can untie that knot a little faster and a little sweeter with a lot more kindness around it. Because it could be very traumatic to suddenly face your life, you know, you've been living half of a life.
0: Right.
2: Because
1: the sad part part or even the most exciting part you've been cutting off the top of your life and you've been cutting off the bottom just to live safely in the middle where things don't get too hot and things don't get too cold but ironically your life gets very shambles and chaotic when you try to get rid of the chaos by alcohol drugs or sex or food or whatever Mm -hmm. like you are running from chaos and trying to to keep the chaos at bay, but it just creates more chaos because you're not allowing for the chaos to kind of run through us. Yeah,
0: to run its course and to have its say and then leave you to kind of deal with it. Yeah, and I think another important point you made there too is the fact that not the same thing's not going to work for everybody. You know, AA might work wonders for some people, you know. Uh, Oh my God, yeah. But different programs are there for different types of people based on what resonates with them and their personal experiences as well.
1: Totally. Totally. I needed my pain. I needed something I could do every day, which was be, you know, be still, because aa taught me you know to call someone do stuff do stuff do stuff but i had no like emotional uh, techniques to meet my pain so like may i be at ease may i be at peace may i be safe like wish sitting and wishing those well wishes from my heart to myself is like some of the greatest medicine and tools i've ever been gifted and i just needed that i needed something i could do every day to kind of combat the self-hatred and so now there's less room for self-hatred because i've been wishing myself ease and loving kindness for two and a half years and so hatred just doesn't it doesn't have space to live there it just got it, they moved out hatred got evicted, you Mm -hmm. know, there's all this kindness in the mind now. And so I can meet life in a more kind way instead of this like violent shooting or hating or just avoiding or, you know, whatever it is.
0: Mm -hmm. Certainly, certainly. Well, congratulations to you as you continue on your journey, because that's the thing is life and recovery and everything that goes with it is this continuing journey, you know, creativity is this continuing journey there's no finish line to any of it and we're always learning about ourselves and growing and one place yes. where you've had a chance to grow is nashville where you are now so talk about what led you here and what the experience has been like the things you've learned in your time here in music city
1: yeah thank you so much um nashville has been so cool because when i first uh, i was actually going to move to austin But I was in Massachusetts getting sober kind of like for the first time, living with my mom and dad working at a bar. And uh, my drunken boss had me get up and sing with this guy, Tim LaRoche of Nashville Star. I didn't know who he was. I just wanted to go home. I was like, just get me home. Like, I'm so tired of working at this fucking bar. And he gets me up and I sing with him. And he's like, damn, girl, what are you doing? And I was like, I'm going to Austin. I'm going to go live there when I'm out of here. He's like, don't go there. There's no industry there. So uh, I was like, industry. Mm. I was like, what you mean? What's the difference? You
2: know? <laughs> yeah.
1: And he's like, you want to go play live music? Go to Austin. He's like, you want to work in music? He's like, you go to fucking Nashville. And I was like, that's fucking cool. And so he's from Massachusetts. He was on Nashville Star, and he had like a record deal at sixteen. And he's got a terrific career. And I w- I started listening to him and talking with him, and he's like become a songwriter. So then I go home, and I'm like, I'm gonna write ten fucking badass songs. That probably ha- are not what I want to talk about, but I'm going to become a songwriter. And that was when I started getting introduced to the idea of songwriting as this like impersonal, unartist, you know, unartist as in I'm not the one saying it thing. But it's actually obviously now I know songwriters and they're like gods walking mm-hmm. because their sense of craft is outstanding. It's rivaled by the actors that I knew in New York that were theater gods, you know, that just embodied poetry. And so once I got here, it was all about, like, become a songwriter, get in in with the publisher, come Company and write for somebody who's famous and blah, blah blah blah. So I kind of lost my voice, and then I started drinking again when I got to Nashville. So that kind of clouded everything for a couple of years. I was working in television, and I was like trying to support everybody else's goddamn dream, and I kind of stopped picking up my guitar. Um, but I still wrote songs, and they just didn't feel like uh, like enough, you know, and. I was tired of doing things for other people and tired of my aim being at pleasing NSAI or right. co-writing with people that got me when I really just want to talk about ugly, weird ass shit. I don't, you know, I wanted, like, I wanted to fully invest in myself. So my best friend um, died, and oh, I sorry. finally got some sense knocked into me mm-hmm. uh, two and a half years ago. And it just changed my whole world. I started writing that's when I got sober. That's when I started writing music and like stopped trying to fit in Mm
2: -hmm. and
1: started just listening to this crazy shit that I wanted to say. And that's that's what sended me to the C P and what, you know, has, has started this whole roller coaster of like an actual music career you
0: know right and certainly you've found a very unique voice both in terms of the way you just kind of meld genres together but also in the lyrical content you know you're not afraid to go to extremes you're not afraid to say exactly what's on your heart and I think that's in addition to all the interesting things that play here sonically and all the genres that play so well together within your music and all the influences that are playing well you know it's it's really beautiful to see you just like putting it out there and not, you know, as you're saying several times here on the call, just like, you know, just letting it be what it is and letting it, letting it exist and speaking your truth.
1: Yeah. Thank you so much for saying that. It's, it's totally what, that's what that EP really ended up being. Like, it was exactly that. It was just, uh, you know, did. the, production choices that I was making like you know I'd go to my co-producer and I'm like yeah 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 I need that I need that hotter I need that more I need stops here I need this like we need to get this to be where it needs to be and I got very upset that whole process is like very difficult for me to ask for what I want especially as a recovering addict and pleaser and perfectionist so it's like how do I get what I want uh when I you know I'm not the direct engineer or I don't know. It's just like the sense of leadership um, was this negotiation between my vision and having the skills to be able to uh, create a space to facilitate that vision Mm -hmm. using other people. Does that make sense? Yes,
0: absolutely. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. So that was, you know, my ideas are weird and – You know they're not terribly weird, but like you know my co-producer would be like that. I don't like that. Like I, that's okay. That's your choice, you know. But I was like, no, I need that to be way trashier. (laughs) I want that bass rolled all the fuck the way off. Like I want this fucked up tone. And you know sometimes we get to it, and he's like, all right, that was really cool, you know. Mm -hmm. Or I would, or I would, you know. I'm like, that sounds way too fucking country. What the fuck? Like all these guys tour. I, you know, I'd shit on the incredible. People, this is something I'm trying to really work with right now. Is that I get so angry and I make it so personal when things aren't sounding where they need to be yet, Mm -hmm. and I make it fucking personal. So I'll like be talking about the session musicians, you know, my friends, and I'm like, that you know, he's so country, that's his problem. He's too country, and it's like, whoa, Katie, you know, let's talk about a solution right now Uh instead of like making it a personal vendetta against this person right ended up the country feel that was brought to some of the songs was like so fun and Mm -hmm. it actually is so groovy with the hard rock of it and so it's this nice marriage between not only my ideas and my sense of musical marriage and me but in the people that touch the music at all Mm -hmm. so it's it's been a fun negotiation to listen to and and hear people respond to ideas that weren't even mine or feels that I didn't agree with at first that I came to love and now like need, you know?
0: Absolutely. And so the EP called, I just want to love you. I just want to let you out now on all of your streaming services. And I want to give you a chance to tell us a little bit about some of your favorite moments here on the record.
1: Ever- yeah, well, Glories is probably my favorite um, song I ever wrote uh, because I couldn't stop laughing while I wrote it. So, like, just that first um, ongoing, like, I was just singing in my living room and I'm on, like, you know, the uh, acoustic and I'm just like figuring, it, and I'm like, what the fuck is this? I fucking love this. Mm-hmm. And I, I've I usually right underneath my tree in my front yard or uh-huh. right on my couch. But I walked into my kitchen and I was just like, Are you gonna swing my glories? And I was like, Who's this bitch? She's crazy. Like <laughs> what what the fuck is she talking about? You ain't no friend of mine. And it was like all my dreams come true that I am this this bitch who does not give a fuck again. And who not only doesn't give a fuck, but it's like, get in line, you know it's and it's just not me so i got to play this this you know this leader and this per this egotistical leader who's just like listen you're either with me or get the fuck out of my way and that was probably my favorite kind of bust open to this like funky soul second line new orleans sound and i was like oh yes this is this is the jam mm-hmm. it's so fun mm-hmm.
0: and you've had a chance to you know play some of this material out i mean obviously right now uh in terms of live shows in a venue we're kind of all on lockdown but what has the response been from people to the new material as they've had a chance to hear it
1: it's been great it's oh, there's a lot of like i can't stop watching you there's people say that a lot um Energy, like they love our energy. I love our energy. Everything is always so high energy. Um, But you know, heart faulty on the album like breaks it down a little bit, which is a very vulnerable song because it's like so sweet or soft, and I'm just like, oh, you know, Mm -hmm. I never want to do it. I never want because I never feel enough, so I have to be blowing your eye sockets out, or I don't matter and uh-huh. it's just like that's just a personal thing that I have to work with but the yeah the response has been awesome especially to drown like people lose their shit and I, I too lose my shit when the, we play that song I love it I love it so
2: much
0: well certainly uh, it's a, a tremendous body of work here that you've put together uh, to this point you know and the, the EP is fantastic and like you were saying you know all these little elements like the country elements that kind of sneak in there right And they're there just enough. They're just present enough to where, you know, you know that they're there and you know the influence, but it doesn't take it too far in any one direction. You know, it still keeps that like melting pot of styles and influences together. And I think that's what's so exciting about the record. And certainly, I'm sure you're excited to continue playing and promoting this record out there. I mean, it's a little tough for us right now to get out on the road, per se, but. Once all of this uh, clears up with coronavirus, what are your plans here for the future?
1: Well, we actually had to push a tour. We were going to go out April 3rd for 10 days, and Mm -hmm. we are going to the East Coast, like from Georgia to New York. And uh, that all got pushed. So I think we have to go out in October just to, like, be safe. So I'm rescheduling those dates now. But, uh, yeah, I don't know... I don't know what's going to happen, but I actually was just talking with my bassist, and I think we're just going to start on new material at the moment and just get some stuff in the works and, like, maybe even co-write. Because I wrote all this stuff by myself. It might be a really cool experience to, um, through Skype in quarantine.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I mean, the wonders of technology are really coming through for us all right now, I think. (laughs) You know, it's allowing us to do things that –
1: just saw this meme that said, we know who's behind COVID-19. It was like Shaggy
0: from
2: <laughs>
1: Scooby-Doo uh-huh. undoing a mask off of a guy. And he's like, Zoom. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I saw one just like that. And it was the Charmin bear uh, because of the toilet paper shortages, which I don't understand the toilet paper thing. I just don't get like, I don't get it. And the grocery thing in general, like, you know, they're not going to close the grocery stores. I mean, Hopefully this comment doesn't age poorly when this goes live in a couple weeks. But of all the things, like, (laughs) people are going to be able to go and get their supplies, I would think, you know? We've
1: never done this before. I was, like, quarantined. I was, like, how am I going to get food? And my brother's, like, you can go. You can go outside. You can yeah. go to the store. I'm like, but they're closing everything. That's what a lockdown is. He's like, not food. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay, cool. I've never done an apocalypse before. This is
0: great. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. We. This is our first rapture. I think for all of us. So I think there's a lot of confusion. <laughs> there's just. <laughs> there's so much like Thanks, so many questions.
2: Our first
1: rapture. Thanks
0: so much. <laughs> great. Yeah. But this is
1: time.
0: This is something we're going to remember though and like you know the yeah. pass down of the, like this is one of our watershed moments of our generation like we've never been in a situation in I think modern America a modern American history anywhere where we've just been locked down and like everything in the bars are closed, the restaurants are closed, like parks are closed in certain places, Times Squares empty like it's just such Ooh. this it's this weird like very strange time for all of us and just uh, for creatives trying to push through right now. And, you know, we're so many of us rely on our income either from gigging or, you know, making music or do it. The things we do to support that sometimes a lot of people work in the service industry, it, it can be very tough. I would think.
1: Yes. Yes. I'm super lucky because I just got I'm like a contractor with a songwriting company. So it's like my work is guaranteed for the moment. And I just can't believe that I'm in that position. Like, it's such a fucking miracle, the place that I'm in when all this shit went down. And I feel really grateful. And so I'm trying to, like, keep that in check and be sensitive to the shitstorm that other people are in and in nashville the shitstorm that tornado folks are still putting together and it's like mm-hmm. it's it's really hard i feel very grateful and kind of excited for this relieving time in my life to slow down for a sec but everyone could be in a completely different spot so like we're all over the place in this in this situation right now there are some people that have always lived kind of isolated and they're just kind of like welcome to the fucking club bro uh-huh.
2: you know? <laughs> yeah i
1: haven't left the house in 15 years i'm a psychic healer and i do skype so mm-hmm. you know like whatever yeah. it is it's just everybody's in a different spot right now and i can't wait to have kids just to tell them about this
0: yeah right i mean I, i'm in a similar position too where you know i my i have a day job doing technical writing and you know we work remote so we'll be there when you know when the cockroaches are the only thing left, we'll still be there. But, <laughs> <laughs> but like two years ago, I'll be honest with you, I would have been screwed. I would have been screwed because no. oh, everything Ten depended.
1: 10 months ago, I would have been fucked. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So it's, it's, you know, it's a blessing, you know, that I have what I have, but I realize you know, so many people I know, like there's so many people I know right now that went back to their hometowns to wait this out. Cause they don't know what else to do. They don't have any income coming in, you know, mm-hmm. and, you know if that's not going to clear up for however long it's not going to clear up like it becomes an issue of okay am i going to eat this week if they were to stay here it's really oh, you know
1: totally the fact that they have something a support system somewhere is such a miracle like that is so awesome Mm -hmm. and i think we're all leaning on each other right now in such a unique way the fact that the government's given out money Mm -hmm. like that is something i never thought i would ever see and the transform like i'm a big into astrology and like the astrology of 2020 they've been talking about for like two fucking years Mm -hmm. that it's going to be this ridiculous astrology and now i'm looking at it and i'm like holy shit like this is the craziest shit I've ever seen in my entire life. And the compassion literally in Nashville, that everyone came out of their homes during the tornado. Mm -hmm. And then now everyone is kind of receding back, but the compassion has been built and it's staying and it's, and it's spreading, you know? Yeah.
0: Yeah. And this is going to, once, once we're able to get out into the world again, I think, you know, it's going to be hopefully by the summer, you know, we're, getting back to normal and we're all able to appreciate each other more and appreciate the opportunities we have more, you know, you're just kind of going about your daily life. You always think it's going to be there and you take it for granted. Like, Oh yeah, I'm going to go to this place this weekend and this place the next weekend. But like literally like travel is ill-advised right now. Like my family is up in the Northeast. I can't go see them right now, you know? And it's like, it just really makes you appreciate the opportunities you do get.
1: I'm going to kiss everybody on the goddamn mouth and I'm just going to like hug everyone all the time i'm just so i'm so excited to get because i'm like an extrovert i I get charged by being near people and it's been like really hard i'm not laughing enough i'm not laughing nearly as often as i need to my laugh quota is way down Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. In terms of uncertain times, like it, it, we have always been living in uncertainty. We just haven't. We've had a false sense of security. So this is actually how things are. Mm-hmm. You know, like yeah, this is actually how things always are. Everything is always uncertain. Nothing is given. And in Nashville, we've had such an incredible dose of reality in terms of nothing is taken can be taken for granted. Like the house the friends the contact the job the you know all of it shelter it's like all very takeawayable
2: mm-hmm. and,
1: and now we know and now we know that it's always like that and so yeah the, oh my god the the valuing is going to shoot up it already has shot up for mm-hmm. me personally at least
0: all right, I want to thank Katie Burke from KB and the Wild for joining me here today on The Quinn Spin. I, um, when I downloaded the episode file, the ending, the outro part that I usually do got cut off. So that's why I'm doing it myself. I can't go down to helping our music evolve and retrieve the file because we're all under a stay-at-home order right now in Tennessee because of COVID-19. So I will do the outro and let you know that you can learn more about Katie's project, KB in the Idlewild, at kbintheidlewild.com. That's I-D-Y-L-L-W-I-L-D-E is the spelling on Idlewild. You can also stream the album, I Just Want to Love You, I Just Want to Let You, on Spotify and SoundCloud and learn more about the band on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. You can learn more about The Quinn Spin on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and also follow the show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Anchor, Stitcher, and more. Also, go to undergroundmusiccollective.com, our central hub, and find us on the socials as well, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. Claire Kelly joins me in two weeks. We recorded this episode a few months back. Very excited to have Claire on the show on Monday, April 20th. Until then, the Mad Sugars, We Want the Night, our closing theme song, is about to hit you right now. I'm going to let Adam and company take it away.
3: no telling what to expect of who we'll meet. There's no telling.